Hello and welcome back to the Home Bible Study uh, Podcast. Home Bible Study Podcast. We are currently studying in the letter to the Hebrews. And we have uh, been studying in chapter 11. Very well known chapter. A lot of people know about it. Uh, It's been called many things. Most common, the roll call of the faithful. Um, there's a lot of familiarity with this chapter, um, even more so than the rest of the letter of the Hebrews. But hopefully our study has shown the depth of this um, letter as well as this particular chapter. And this chapter has been a particular blessing to me because just the many things about faith that maybe I took for granted or didn't really consider this chapter is really focused um, and highlighted a lot of those aspects and it's been a blessing for me in my life and I'm hoping that the Lord is doing the same thing in your life so we've seen here as we've gone along the writer of this letter has been taking us on a hysterical hysterical historical trek through the experiences of the nation Israel with God so these would have been very familiar to the nation Israel um, these these accounts the would have been a part of their lives a part of their uh, growing up and the things that they were well versed in um, so this writer obviously is a Hebrew as well and has a unique understanding of the Hebrew mindset and so he's taken us through this kind of historical look from the very beginning starting with Genesis we went through the Genesis section and then Exodus and now we're going to look at the Joshua section so it's very interesting that he would uh, end or land um, kind of at this point in the Joshua section. Now, Joshua, the name Joshua itself is significant. As many of the names, many of the names in Scripture are very significant. And if you do research, you'll find that it gives you a much deeper understanding and some greater insight into the local uh, event that was happening that inspired God to speak to, as well as the bigger, larger picture that involves even us, the church. But uh, Yeshua means God delivers. And that was Jesus' name. Jesus is the um, um, you know, transliteration of Yeshua. And it means God delivers. So here we come back to uh, a basic principle of scripture that everything always comes back to Jesus. If we can just remember that, you can understand Scripture. You'll understand a lot of what the Bible says when you study if you always focus on the fact that in some way, shape, or form, this is pointing back to the Lord Jesus. So if you can follow that trail, you will, on that trail, find a lot of great blessings. So here we are in Hebrews. We're going to be studying Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 30. Uh, So if you have your Bible, please open up to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be studying verses 30 and 31. So 
just to do a little review, we've we've studied a lot of aspects of faith. As I said, I've learned a lot just from this study about faith and how to apply faith in my life and these truths in my life. And I'm I'm learning that as we go. And that's one of the blessings of teaching or studying something to teach is that you're the first one to be ministered to by it. So um, the Lord is definitely doing things in my life to accentuate these truths. And I'm sure he's doing the same things in the lives of all of his people because faith is such an integral part of who we are, what it is, our purpose here on earth, our purpose in this life is directly tied to faith. So just to do a little review, um, Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 3 was the definition of faith, where we learned what faith is. Um, Hebrews 11, 4, we learned about faith in the witness to your family uh, in the form of Abel. Uh, very difficult. Always the first witness and testimony that you're going to have is usually going to be to your family members, to your mate, to your um, children. Um, they're the most challenging witness that you'll have is going to be to your family, but definitely the first. And it's interesting that that's the first one that the writer listed. And uh, Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, we saw the testimony of a faithful witness and the result of that in the Enoch and how he drew closer to God and to the point to where God took him. Um, Hebrews 11, 7 through 10, we saw the response of faith even salvation in the uh, with Noah as the example. Uh, Hebrews 11, 11 through 12, we saw the power or miraculous power of faith, even unto resurrection in the account of Sarah. Uh, each of these examples, and, and I could go on, but I don't want to take up a lot of time with that, but each of these examples are for our instruction. God has a very specific message for each of us in the word of God. And if we just um, trust him and go to the word for direction, he's going to give us that direction. If you're listening to this study now, that's evidence that you've learned that, that God speaks through his word and he can use someone like me. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, then there's a message for you in that if you never listen again. If you continue listening, then, which I hope and pray you would, then there's going to continually be a message just for you, and the Lord will use this. Uh, anyone who is preaching his word, he will use to minister directly into your life, into my life. So the message for today, whoever you are uh, that might be listening, is this, your current situation will not define the purpose of God for your life, okay? Whatever your current situation is that you're um, in right now, whatever that looks like for you, it will not define the purpose of God for your life. This is just um, a situation, and God is the God over situations. He is able to um, accomplish his purpose in your life in spite of your situation, not because of it. So that's the message that he has for us today. 
And we're going to see hopefully some of that in this study. So you may look around and see turmoil. You may see hurt. You may see disillusionment, disappointment. These are things that are common to the lives of believers. These are the results of being a believer in a world that is in opposition to God. But in spite of those things, you have to know that God is working to will and to do his good pleasure in your life. And that is what he will do. So regardless of what it looks like, I'll, I like to say if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't smell good, it doesn't feel good. We know that it's good through faith because his word has told us that he works all things for the good of those who love him. And if you are saved, then you love him. So today's study will hopefully reveal how the Lord Jesus is able to accomplish his purpose when we find ourselves in these very strange circumstances. Um, all we have to do in those situations is believe God. That is the simple message of the word. Obedience is the key to blessing. Obey God. So we're going to have to, to be able to study uh, Hebrews 11, 31, 30 and 31, we're going to have to look back. But before I do, I'm going to read the uh, verses that we'll be studying today. And this is going to be kind of a challenging uh, podcast. It may, you know, maybe one you have to go back and listen to again or uh, come back to because I'm not really going to be conscious of the time. I'm going to be more conscious of what it is that the Lord has for us to learn from this uh, study. So um, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 and 31 says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, the, these are two accounts from the very beginning of Joshua Again, we're going through an historical kind of trek through the Bible, and now we've reached the point uh, of uh, Joshua. And so these are events that happened pretty early on in Joshua. So Joshua, at this point in the nation Israel's um, relationship to God, Joshua has taken the place of Moses. Moses did all the heavy lifting to get them, uh, lead them out of uh, Egypt. And he led that first generation through the wilderness um, initially. And um, that was a very difficult lift. That, that, that generation was uh, the toddler stage, I would say. The very beginning where there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of resistance. And Moses bore them on his shoulders and he carried the millions of people and represented them to God and um, accomplished a lot. So now it's time for Moses to diminish, decrease, and Joshua to increase. So even in that, we see a picture of when Moses said there will be one that's going to be uh, come to you and be like me, a deliverer. 
And we see that in Joshua's name. Joshua was not the deliverer. He was only one in a line of leaders that would lead to that deliverer. But definitely we see the encouragement uh, in his name uh, that God delivers. So, so now Joshua takes over. So I'm going to go, I'm going to read a lot of Joshua because I think it's important for us to understand this account. And you may not be familiar with Joshua. There may not be a book that, um, that you've read a lot. So, um, it's, it's worth reading. It's definitely some, a book worth studying. There's, I, I guess got so much blessing just from studying for this lesson. So I would encourage you to do that. But I'm going to start with Joshua uh, 1, 1 through 9. And it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So we see the consistency of the Lord Jesus in that um, he is faithful, and he's faithful to his people. Uh, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. We see the Lord encouraging Joshua. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the fathers to give unto them. So here we see the promise being um, restated to Joshua and God saying, I'm going to make good. Now, God doesn't have to do that. God only has to say things once, right? He's God. But for our benefit, this is the grace and the kindness and mercy of God that he would repeat these things and he would repeat them to Joshua. Verse 7 only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to, to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So here we see that principle being restated of the importance of the word of God in our lives. And it's important that we obey the word of God, that we, whatever it is that the Lord is ministering to you today, whatever he ministers to you at any time, be obedient to that. Be, incorporate that truth into your life and walk in it. And that's how you bring blessing and attract blessing into your life. And it's the only way. If you don't, if you resist his word, if you resist his truth, and you don't uh, walk in faith, well, then you're not going to receive blessing. There's other things that await you that are um, things that you don't want. I promise you. 
uh, in a form of discipline. Um, because God will accomplish his word in us. Either we're going to do it the easy way when he says, Jonah, go to Nineveh and minister to this city. Uh, if Jonah just gets on the boat and goes to Nineveh, hey, everything gets done the easy way. But, you know, sometimes we're like Jonah in that we want to get on the boat to Tarshish going the opposite direction. And then we end up having to still end up where God wants us to be, but it's a lot harder road getting there. In verse 9, uh, have, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithsoever thou goest. And we need that kind of encouragement. Joshua needed that encouragement for all that was before him in his life. We need that same kind of encouragement. It's very important for us. So um, we see that initially that this is the beginning. This is We have to understand and have a context so that we understand what is being said here in Hebrew. So we have to understand Joshua. So this is Joshua being set as the new leader of the people of Israel. And God is encouraging him for the work that is before him. And so then we see uh, more um, uh, encouragement. Then in verse 10, in uh, Joshua 1.10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, so first the instruction comes from God and then Joshua instructs the people. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, so these are the leaders. So Joshua is the leader. He's disseminating this information to the leaders of the people. Verse 11, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare your victuals for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying that the Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed all the mighty men of valor and help them. So they decided this, this, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they're like, yeah, hey, we're not going to cross over the Jordan. We like it over here. We'll just take this land. Well, here's Joshua reminding them that, okay, you may not want to pass over, but you're definitely going to go in. Your, your, your family can stay here, but you're going to go and you're going to fight alongside of your brethren to secure the land. And he was um, reminding them of that obligation. And it's important for us to be reminded that we have an obligation to serve the Lord Jesus. We um, cannot just rest and sit on our hands and say, I'm just going to wait till the Lord takes me home. We have an obligation of service. There are things that God has commanded us to do. He is going to work in us and give us the grace and uh, power to do them. But we have a responsibility to, to, to him and to serve him. And it's very important that we see that example um, as it's uh, shown here. And then we're going to see in uh, Joshua 1.16, um, we're going to see the, 
the people pledging their loyalty and obedience to Joshua. In um, Joshua 1.16, And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whatsoever thou sendest, we will go. So this is very important because here we see the response of faith. That these people, obedience is the correct response of faith. Well, you cannot walk in faith apart from obedience. And these people, they pledge their obedience to, to do and to follow. And that's the same attitude we have to have when we serve the Lord Jesus. We have to have an attitude of submission that we will serve and we will follow. So now we're going to get into the account that's being referenced here in, uh, in our study in Hebrews. And I think it's just really important for us to understand the context of what's being said. Um, Joshua chapter 2 um, details that the spies were sent in to spy out the land. And that's what they used to do back in that day. They, would, you know, they can't just go in and attack. They don't have high-tech... Um, Devices like we do that can, you know, a drone can go through and and get a lay of the land. They had to send people in to spy it out to get an idea of what was before them so they can be prepared to make war. Now, God has given this land to these people, but they have a responsibility to go in and fight for it. Now, could God have gone in and just wiped out everybody and then had them walk in and take it? Yes. But that's not how the Lord works. The Lord wants us to be able to participate in these things because in doing this, in being a faithful participant in his work, we learn and we share in who he is. And we get to know him in a way that we could not know otherwise. So it's very important for us to understand, understand that there's a picture that's being painted here of why these people had to be participatory in securing the land. Because it wasn't because God needed them. It's obvious. It's because they need to understand something of who God is and who the Lord Jesus is and how he works. And this is how he was teaching them. And this is how he teaches us. So in Joshua chapter 2, the spies um, go and we see that they lodged in a harlot's house. So when they got there, they went into the house of Rahab, who was a harlot. Now, you know, there's no nice way to say that. She was a prostitute. And um, that's something that's been going on for a long time, obviously. Uh, that's why it's called the oldest profession. And it's not something that should be looked upon in a favorable way. Now, the, the day that we live in today, People are in a hurry to become prostitutes. Uh, I call them digital prostitutes. So it's the same concept. It's the same principle. Uh, and it's not even looked down upon like it should be, like it was in the past. Uh, but at this time, these people knew what a prostitute was. And it wasn't a very good thing. But this is where God led his people. Isn't that interesting? that he would leave them into the house of this woman of ill repute. But that's how God works. Um, God 
does not tell, we don't tell him where we want to go. He tells us where we are to go. And it's up to us to trust him in spite of the circumstances. And that's what these spies had to do. So these spies lodged. It says they stayed in this harlot's house. So God will put put us, um, how do I put this? He'll put us in some, some strange places. Um, it could be by way of uh, people we know, like our family or our friends or even work. He will bring us into contact with people whom he wants us to be in contact with. And there are no accidents, right? You may look and see a person and be like, what is going on? Why am I with this person? Well, God has chosen to bring that person into your life, particularly if you have a direct interaction with them in a close way. That's specifically because God has something for you to learn through this process. He also has a witness and a testimony for you to have to that individual or those individuals. So it's important to understand that this is not an accident that the Lord had for these spies to end up in this harlot's house. And the same truth, um, the same thing is true with us today. So God will use you in the life of these people and he wants you to witness to them. That's one thing that you can know for sure, that if you have direct contact with someone particularly or people on a regular basis, those are the people that God wants you to have a witness and a testimony to. You can know that for sure. What that witness and testimony is going to be, you don't know. You have to move in faith and look to the Lord for that. But you do know for sure that there is a testimony there. And basically, he wants you to do one of two things. Either you're going to witness to them um, in their salvation through the gospel, or you're going to witness the gospel and it's going to testify against them. It's really that simple. Those are the two functions of the gospel. One is that it witnesses unto people to bring them to life in Christ, or it is a testimony of the um the destruction that's coming to them. Either way, we're just called to witness and minister the gospel. We don't make the decision as to what the purpose is. That's that's all of God. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure is that? We have the gospel. We have the ministry of God. We represent the Lord Jesus to other people and we have that treasure in us. And it says in earthen vessels. Well, that's because that's all we are. We're just old clay pots that the Lord is using. And the treasure is not the pot, but what's inside. And God has blessed us to have his spirit in us. And this faith that um, illuminates uh, beyond our clay pot. Um, it says that, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So that's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be witnesses and to minister to people just like these uh, spies. Uh, they went to spy out, the, spy out the land. They never thought about witnessing anyone. They were 
focused on spying out the land. That was their work. That's the job that they had to do. And they focused on doing their job. But in, while doing their job, they came across this woman, Rahab. Also in 2 Corinthians, uh, to, to further the point of our witness and what God has uh, called us to do, 2 Corinthians 2.15 um, in 16, it says, for we are unto God, a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. So that's what we're called to be. We are a savor of Christ. We are to people that we come in contact. We are the representative of the Lord Jesus. And we are to them the witness and testimony of the Lord Jesus himself. And it says we are a savor um, of the Lord Jesus. Um, it, it points back to when the sacrifices were made on the altar. And it says that it went up as a sweet savor. And the prayers of the, the righteous go up as a sweet savor. So that's what we are. We are a savor um, unto those uh, in them that are saved and in them that perish. And it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, 16, uh, 15 and 16, to the one we are a savor of death unto death, to the other we're a savor unto life. So that's our testimony. So those are the only two things, the only two purposes you could possibly have in the life of anyone that you interact with. And if you know this, it really helps you to focus on and understand what God's purpose is for you in that person's life and to know and to recognize that there is a purpose uh, for you in that person's life, that nothing happens by accident, but God has a specific message for you and a specific message for us to deliver unto others. So this is the key to understanding any situation that you're in. God has put you there to be a witness of life or a witness of death. But you're always going to be a witness. You'll be a faithful witness to him uh, or you won't or you'll be a uh, poor witness. But you're always going to be a witness. So by his grace, may we always be faithful. So we see next uh, in uh, Joshua chapter 2. Uh, two verse two through seven, it says where Rahab protects these spies. So um, I'll read that. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, there came men in, in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. So these people saw these spies and they recognized them to be children of Israel. So they were recognizable. They could tell that they were of the children of Israel. And they went and told the king, look, they're here. They're spying us out. Verse three, and the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab saying, why did he send to Rahab? Because that's where they saw the spies go last. So uh, sent unto Rahab saying, bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. So the king's like, I know what they're here for. Uh, they came into your house. You need to, um, you need to send them to us. Uh, verse four. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said, thus there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. 
And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I don't know. So that was the testimony that Rahab gave to protect these men. She's like, hey, they came here, but then they left. Where they went from there, I don't know. So she said, uh, pursue them quickly, for you shall overtake them. So she says, hey, hurry up. You know, see if you guys can get them before they get away. In verse 6, uh, we see what, what really happened. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way uh, to, the, to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. So here we see how that Rahab protected these spies. So um, she uh, sent the, she got the scent off of them and had them, the, the king's men uh, go chasing after uh, what they thought to be the spies escaping. But actually she had them hidden. So Rahab risked her life to save these strangers. Um, but it's because she recognized that they were sent by God. How did she recognize that? Well, the same way that these the king's men recognized it. They knew that they were the children of Israel. They had the characteristics of the children of Israel. They displayed these characteristics and people recognized them. And the same thing is true for believers. If you are walking in faith, you will manifest the characteristics, the savor of Christ. People will recognize Jesus in you. That is one of the uh, blessings and benefits of walking in faith, is that people will recognize that there's something different. As believers, people will rec recognize that you're different. Faith has that kind of witness. That's why the Lord doesn't tell us to go around and say, hey, I'm this and I'm that. And, you know, look at me and see, I, I don't do this and I don't do that. That's legalism. He's not asking you to do that. He says, just obey me. That's all you have to do. Just obey me and my word and everything else I'll take care of. And in doing that, in walking by faith and trusting him, we have this witness, and it's an effective witness. Just like uh, these people recognize that they were the children of Israel, the same thing is true. When you're associated with God, when you're a true believer and you walk by faith, then the savor of Christ will illuminate from your life. Faith cannot be hidden. You know, faith is light, right? It's light in a dark place. And it's going to shine. You can't hide light. It, it illuminates the dark. So it's very important to see that. Now, next we're going to see in Joshua chapter 2, 8 through 14, we're going to see more about this incident with Rahab. Because it's very important for us to understand uh, not only what happened with Rahab, but also what happened specifically with the walls in Jericho. So Joshua... I'm going to go ahead and read Joshua 2, 8 through 14. And before they were laid down, she came up unto 
unto them on the roof. So this is her after the men, the king's men went away. She sent them on a wild goose chase. She goes up to the roof to talk to the spies. Verse nine. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. That's very important. How does she know that? She says, I know that the Lord, right? This is, she knows their God by name and she knows that he's given them the land. So this is something that was well known. This is something that was echoed throughout that whole territory. And remember, there's a whole generation of people that wandered through the desert prior to this generation who actually went in to take the land. So that whole time that they were wandering through the desert, you know, people make jokes about the fact that it was only like 11 miles from where they left to where they needed to be. But they took them like 40 years of wandering around. Well, God had a purpose for that. God had a purpose for that. He had a reason. He was giving all those nations that heard about what he did and how he delivered them from Egypt. He was letting them know that who he was and giving them an opportunity to turn to him. But they didn't. They knew about him. They heard about him. But they they didn't want to have anything to do with him. Nothing at all. So people who say that God is unjust, that he had for um, the uh, you know nation of Israel come in and destroy all these people, and it's just not fair that he would have them destroy all these people. Well, they had ample opportunity to turn to him, and they would not. And God is faithful. He's going to judge. If he warns you and says, hey, I'm coming, I'm going to judge you, and you don't listen, then you don't listen. You're going to suffer the consequences of God's judgment. He's faithful, he's true, and he's right. That's the bottom line. So she said that, she says in verse nine, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So see, they knew about the nation Israel. They knew about the God that they served. Verse 10, for we have heard of the Lord. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. That was over 40 years ago when that happened, but they heard about it. We heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the kings of the Amorites uh, that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. So the testimony of these people uh, and the testimony of God were linked very close together. Same thing is true for us. Same thing is true for us. If you are in a place and you are witnessing to someone, even just by your presence, and they know that you're a believer, there was a witness and a testimony that came to them even before you arrived that makes them to recognize and to understand of, you know, that you're a believer. And it bothers them and it will bother them. It's either going to make them to desire to know more about the Lord Jesus or they're going to want uh, to have nothing to do with you. But God is not going to give them an out. As long as you're there, your testimony of faith is going to speak. And you don't have to say a word. So here we see that with Rahab, that she said, 
you know, we, we, we knew about this. We knew how you utterly destroyed um, the Amorites who were on the, on the other side of the Jordan. We, we heard all about that and what happened in Egypt. Verse 11, and as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is, the, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. So here we see the testimony was uh, clear, that she understood exactly who it was that they served. So that's very important, how that God will go before us and he will make the way straight. He will have a prepare those whom he would have us to minister to. He prepares them ahead of time uh, for the ministry that he would give us. And he prepares us through his word for that ministry. So um, we have to trust him and to know that. And here we see evidence of it in scripture. Here it is. Rahab is laying it out for us. She says, you know, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, right? For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and earth beneath. Um, verse 12. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all they that have and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. So here we see Rahab testifying to the fact that she knew uh, and knows that their God is the God of heaven and earth. So this is the testimony. This God had already gone before and prepared Rahab and given her this understanding and this knowledge. And, and in fact, that whole uh, city of Jericho knew who God was and what he was capable of. The only difference is they really, they didn't respond in faith. Um, here we see Rahab is responding to the ministry of these spies. Um, and that's the difference. When you're witnessing, you're going to have one of two responses. Either the response is going to be a positive response and that God has given them the faith to believe or they will reject your witness and your testimony. But you will always have a witness and a testimony. So Rahab responded positively to the witness of God. She and all her house were delivered. That's very important for us to, to see that. Um, and how was she delivered? It was very interesting in how that she was delivered. Let's take a look at that. It says that she was given specific instructions by these um by these uh, spies so that she would be able to be um, delivered. It says in verse 18 of Joshua chapter 2, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, 
and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be on his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand be put upon him. So here we see something I think that is amazing, that the the sign, the the sign of protection for everyone that was in her house, everyone that would be in her house at the time that they attacked the city is going to be a scarlet thread. Now, do you think that was by accident? You think that's coincidental? It wasn't. God has specifically had that to be a scarlet thread because of what it points to. It points to the Joshua, the Yahshua that would be Jesus, the deliverer that was sent from the Father and his blood that was shed to preserve and save the lives of all those who trust in him. And it's that that scarlet thread, that precious blood of Christ that is the what delivers us, what delivers us from the very wrath of God, from the destruction that we deserve that we should get, just like Rahab and her family deserve to be destroyed with the rest of the city. But because of that scarlet thread, that was the grace, that was the access to the grace and the deliverance. That's, I think that's uh, amazing. Um, I love the way that the Lord uh, foreshadows these things and how that he finds these different ways to uh, minister to minister these things to us that we need to be encouraged by. So in Joshua chapter three, we're going to move to Joshua chapter three to see the, how this story unfolds. Um, in verse seven, we're going to see how that the Lord encourages Joshua uh, to, um, to be the leader and establishes him as a leader. It says in verse seven, and the Lord said unto, this is uh, Joshua chapter three, verse seven. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So the thing I think is important here to understand and it's key to uh, this this the encouragement and this instruction of faith that God magnified Joshua. Joshua did not seek to magnify himself. It's very important. If someone is a true minister of faith, someone who has a true ministry of faith, they're not going to magnify themselves. They're going to magnify the Lord Jesus in their lives. So if you see someone who does magnify themselves, that's not faith. That's not a that's not a servant of the Lord Jesus because um, it's like uh, John the Baptist said, "I must decrease so he can increase." We must in our lives, our lives, we must decrease. We must decrease because what do we have to offer in our lives anyway? What part of your life do you think is worth magnifying? in relationship to the Lord Jesus and what he's done. 
nothing. Nothing is worth that. So we have to understand that part of our ministry of faith is that God magnifies, not us. And he will magnify our ministry of faith. He will, in, in spite of the situation. We just have to trust him. So um, I just wanted to bring that out because I thought that was very important. So we see that God gives instructions to the people regarding the battle of Jericho. In Joshua 6, 1 through 5, we see, we're going to jump to Joshua chapter 6 so we can see the details of this battle of Jericho that's being referenced in Hebrews. And I just want us to get a, a, the best understanding as possible of what actually happened so we can really understand what the writer to the Hebrews is trying to tell us about faith. In Joshua chapter 6, and I know we're kind of jumping around quite a bit, um, verses 1 through 5, I'll read it. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. So they knew that the nation of Israel was coming and they shut the, the, the gates and they didn't let anybody go in or out because they didn't want anybody. They knew about the spies. So they were like, we're going to shut, lock this down. They had these great walls and they were impenetrable. They were considered to be impenetrable. So all they had to do is watch the gate and they considered themselves pretty safe. So now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. So before anything has already happened, God says, I've already given this to you. This is yours. And that's a concept that I really want to try to uh, accentuate that we have these things. We have this treasure. We have the Lord Jesus. We have these blessings. God has secured everything that we need in spite of what it looks like. It may look like, you know, everything is uh, going crazy. Trust that the Lord has given unto you everything that you need, even if you can't see it. And praise him for it in advance. So he told that to Joshua. He says, look, I've already given you this city. And ye shall compass this city. Verse 3, ye shall compass this city. All ye men of war. And go round about the city once. Thus shall you do six days. So they're going to circle the city for six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark. Seven trumpets of rams, horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. So they're going to go around in the seventh day. They're going to circle it seven times. Once a day for six days, seven times on the seventh day. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. So nowhere have we seen anything about weapons, about attacking. They're just circling the city. And the focus is not on the mighty men of valor, but the focus is on the priests. And what they're doing. Um, and it shall come to pass, verse 5, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, 
and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So this was the instruction. So they were to go around the city once every day, right, with the priests having these ram's horns, and uh, that was the only sound that was to be made. Then on the seventh day, now a lot of people think seven means perfect in the Bible, but it's not. Seven is a sign of completion. So on the seventh day, they went around seven times. So God had a purpose and a time for this to happen. Just like whatever you're going through right now, God has a purpose and a time for it. And you don't know what day you're in right now. Okay, you may be just in day two according to the way God's timing is. You may be in day three. You may be in day six. You may be in the final day and in in going around the seven times. But it, it doesn't matter. You just trust that the Lord has given this to you. He's given you the victory in spite of what's what it looks like around you. And you obey him and you trust him. That's what they did. And the walls of the city came down. They followed. Joshua delivered these instructions to the people the people obeyed and did exactly what he said. And guess what? The walls came tumbling down. Okay. The impenetrable city was leveled and God gave them the victory. So that seems odd, right? If you go to anybody who's unsaved, even some saved people, and you told them that, you know, this, the walls of this city fell just because they walked around a few times and they blew the horns and shouted, uh, that's kind of tough to, to believe. That's hard to believe. It's impossible for unsaved to believe, but only through faith can we know this. And, you know, that same struggle to believe what's being said here is the same struggle belief that happens when you are in these situations that seem insurmountable, right? But you don't have to understand it. You just have to believe God. You don't have to know why or have any answers at all. All you have to do is believe that the Lord Jesus is with you and that he's given you the victory. And sometimes it's just that simple. We have to learn to just trust the Lord in faith. And he will add all the, everything we need to that. But, you may not understand. It may not look good. It may not taste good. It may not feel good. But believe me, the Lord is making it for your good. Believe his word. His word says that. So it's very important to understand. Um, Joshua, let's let's see. Let's, you know, let's see what the word says. Joshua 6, um, 6 through 16 details the fact that... Um, Obedience brings victory. We see they Joshua obeyed God, the victory came. It's just that simple. And that same truth is a truth that we can embrace and experience right now in our lives. That all we have to do is obey God. It's very important. Obedience is the key to blessing. If you want to be victorious, you want to live a life that... Uh, Glorifies the Lord Jesus, because that's the victory. Living a life on on earth, in the world that we live in, and being able to glorify the Lord Jesus, that's a true victory. That comes from simple obedience. In uh, Joshua 6.10, I think we see a principle that 
I don't want to skip over. I mean, I didn't read the 6 through 16 just because I'll give you the opportunity to read that on your own. But 16, I think I want to point out. Uh, it says, And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, and then ye shall shout. Here, I think, is a very important principle that when we're ministering to people, sometimes our ministry is not a vocal ministry. We minister by the way we live our lives. The faith that we have is seen. There's a testimony, the characteristics that they can recognize. When God tells you to speak, then you speak. But until then, don't speak. Don't think that the first thing you have to do is go hit people over the head with what you know about the Bible or, oh, let me tell you about Jesus. When he wants you to tell them, it'll be the right time. When he wants you to speak, then you speak. But always look to him for that. It's very important because that's when you're going to have success. That's when you're going to glorify him. So I just wanted to point that out. So when God wants you to have a verbal ministry, he'll let you know. In the meantime, focus on him. Focus on living your life in a way that will please him. And God will definitely give you a witness and a testimony. So let's go back to Hebrews. I know we spent a lot of time in Joshua, but I think it's important for us to understand the context around what's being said because the verses here in Hebrews are so simple, but there's a lot being said here. So back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. How is that by faith? Well, by faith, because Joshua obeyed God. Joshua didn't lean on his own understanding and say, wait a minute, you're telling me that all, all we're going to do is walk around the city a few times and that's going to be enough? He didn't question God. He took the message that God gave him and he immediately put that and incorporated that into his life and the people who were following him did the same thing. He was an example of faith, not only to us, but to, to all those people that he was leading. And we have that same opportunity before us if we just believe God. By faith, Joshua obeyed. Joshua followed God's instructions. Joshua became an example to the people. The people followed the example of faith, and they saw the walls fall. They fell because they obeyed God. They believed his word. And how did the walls fall? Did they fall by the mighty men? No, they fell by the priest, the actions of the priest. And God has made us to be believer priests. That's what the church is. So our actions have power to bring down strongholds. Our actions have power to tear down spiritual walls by the way we live our lives. Um, that's true for every man, woman, and child who's a believer. There's no limitations placed on who has that power, all those who walk by faith. So are you facing some kind of battle? Do, do, you, do you have people that are opposing you in your life? Uh, maybe it's loved ones, maybe it's someone at work, maybe it's a neighbor, whoever. God has placed them in your path for a reason, for you to have a witness and a testimony to them. 
and he is using the scripture here, this, this lesson to tell you that he is fighting the battle. That don't, don't look to your own ability or to fight the battle. Commit it to him. Allow him to make those walls fall and wait on him and trust that he's going to do it. Trust that he's given this into your hand and look to him for instruction as to how to go about uh, witnessing to these individuals, to anyone in your life. It's very important. Do these, do the walls seem too high? Are your enemies too powerful? Well, clearly no one is more powerful than him. Uh, just as the priests blew the horns, all you need to do is allow your faith to testify on your behalf. That's the reason why this situation has been brought to you in your life. So it gives you an opportunity to, for your faith to testify and to witness. Um, the priest, in the account with Joshua, the priest would move with the Ark of the Covenant you know, that had the mercy seat. That's a picture of the Lord Jesus. We have to keep the Lord Jesus always before us. Uh, Hebrews says, gazing upon him. Right. We have to always keep Jesus before us, because if we're looking to him and we're looking at him, then the flesh doesn't have an opportunity. Right. Because all we see is him and his love for us and he's feeding us spiritually and he's making us strong and he's giving us the assurance and the encouragement like he gave to Joshua that he will exalt us uh, and he'll magnify us in his time. And we need that encouragement. We need it very much. He'll speak specific instructions, just like he gave them. Very specific instructions through his word. Um, does it seem like to you that nothing is happening, that you're just going in circles and nothing is changing? Well, that's what they were doing. They were just going in circles, right? But in spite of that, God used that to make those walls fall. Just trust him. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You just keep moving in faith. When Jesus tells you to speak, speak. Speak with a pure heart. Speak the truth. Well, how do you speak the truth? You have to know the truth. You have to study the word so you'll know the truth and you'll be prepared for that day, that time when he has for you to speak. So you'll have something to say. You'll speak with the power of God through God the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see the walls of opposition fall. You will witness it and you can praise him for his grace. Now, I'm not saying to rejoice uh, in those who God destroys. That's all I'm saying. You should, we should always pity them because uh, they're suffering at the hands of righteousness because that's God's will. I mean, we all deserve that. And we have to keep that in mind, that we deserve it, but by grace we've been delivered from that very same fate. So we don't rejoice when we see them fall. We rejoice in the fact that the Lord Jesus is faithful to his word. So that's uh, Hebrews 11 verse 30. But I also want to look at Hebrews 11 31, because I think there's some important things in 31 for us to see as well. Uh, by faith... The harlot Rahab perished, not with them that believed not, 
when she had received the spies of peace. So by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. That's a lot of nots. When she had received the spies with peace. So we saw that uh, a little bit about Rahab. First thing I want to notice is that it's Rahab, it's the harlot Rahab, perish not. So that's that's not somebody you would expect to see in this roll call of the faithful, you know, alongside of Abel and Enoch and all these Moses and all these great uh, men and Sarah, women of God who trusted God and God did these miraculous things through, you don't think to see the harlot Rahab. But I think it's important for us to understand that Jesus has chosen the base things um, of this world. Uh, not many of us are high born. That's what the scripture says. Jesus has chosen the ones of little to no value to this world. Um, those are the ones that he uses, the weak things. Uh, we are the, the ones that are thrown away, the rejected. Uh, the Lord Jesus, you, that's who he wants. He says, you know, he wants to use those who are the broken, right? Because when we're broken, then we are ready to receive his grace. His grace has given us a purpose that we wouldn't have and a place in him, um, that's who the Lord uses. And Rahab was an example of that, a very clear example of that. So we're no longer known by the flesh, those of us who are saved. Uh, but we are, by the Father, placed in his Son. That's who we are now. We're no longer who we were. Once he delivers us, he places us in Christ. And now we're known by him um, through his relationship with the Lord Jesus, the one that he loves. He sees us now in Christ, uh, no longer as who we were, but who we are now in Christ. And that's just a wonderful thing. You know, no sin can separate us from Christ. Uh, just like Rahab the harlot could be delivered, we can be delivered. Jesus's grace can be extended to whomever he wants to extend it to. There's nothing that will stop uh, him from delivering someone um, if he wills to deliver them. That's the beauty of grace. That's what makes it grace is that no one deserves it, but he gives it to those whom he wills uh, according to the grace that is in him to manifest that grace so that uh, it would be an eternal testimony to the glory of his grace. That's his purpose. And he, he saves people who have earthly titles like harlot or murderers in the, in the case of Paul or those who are lame. Uh, God doesn't see us with those earthly or fleshly titles. He only sees us as being in Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. You may not see yourself that way. You may look in the mirror and you may see something that you don't like. But you're wrong for that because you're only looking at the outside. God is concerned about the inside. And that's what we should be focused on is our growing in grace and the knowledge of him. 
And as we do, we are renewed. Even though our outward bodies are perishing, inside we're renewed daily, right? Meditate on that. 1 Corinthians one twenty six, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So that's that's who we are. We're the, reje- the rejects, um, the ones that the world um, really doesn't care too much about. They don't see anything in us. And the same thing was true with the Lord Jesus. It says that they didn't see anything in him that they should desire him. And that's how the world is because the world looks on the outside. But the Lord Jesus looks on the heart. So it says, Rahab perished not. Um, why didn't she perish? She didn't perish because she responded to the witness of the spies. And it makes me ask myself and ask you, you know, does God have us in a place now to witness to someone or to many someones? We have to be conscious of the fact that where we are in life is where God has us to be. Who we're talking to, the people who reach out to us and that we come in contact with. We should always be mindful of the fact that the Lord may have some ministry for us, for this person, or have that person minister to us. But it's only when we're looking to him that we can see that. In all the city of Jericho, who would have ever thought that the one that would be delivered, if anyone, would have been Rahab, the harlot? I certainly wouldn't have thought of that. And probably no one else would. Only God um, only God can can do that or would do that. A person of the lowest place um, in that city, there was one who was God's elect. And it was a harlot of all things. Um, we're not to be concerned with the place or position of those who we witness to. It really doesn't matter if they're highborn, if they're um, the king of England, or if they're just uh, somebody who's uh, struggling in life trying to make it. Uh, it really doesn't matter. We are just a witness. We just need to witness to everyone as the Holy Spirit leads us. The gospel is for everyone to hear. Let me repeat that. People seem to think that if you believe in election, that you don't believe you should witness to people. In fact, you witness to people because God tells you to. That is being obedient Understanding the fact that God has elected someone to salvation, that's in God's hands. That's not in my hands. I don't know who those people are. They don't have a stripe up and down their back to let me know who they are. So I am just to be faithful and witness the gospel. The gospel is for everyone to hear. To some, it will be the power of God to save. And to others, it will be a witness against them of their unbelief. But God is going to determine the outcome, not man. We are to witness in obedience and God will cause the increase. You know, his sovereignty, his sovereign will is going to be done. No one can slap his hand or say, what doest thou? Daniel 4.35. God is sovereign. So Rahab here, by faith Rahab the harlot perished not with them that believed not. 
when she had received the spies with peace. So Rahab was not saved because she heard of all that God did. That's not what saved her. Because remember, everybody heard about it and they all were terrified. That's not, fear is not what saves people, right? Fear of going to hell does not save people. That's not how you get saved. Salvation comes through faith and believing God. Um, the others in her city, they heard the same thing she heard. Rahab was delivered because she received the testimony of the spies. God gave the spies a testimony and a ministry to her, and she received that testimony. She believed and acted in faith. That is how she was delivered. Not because she heard of who God was and was afraid. It's because she responded in faith. And the same thing is true for anybody who is saved. You must be delivered and ministered the gospel. And you have to respond positively to that divine revelation. The God gives us the gift of faith so that we can respond positively. And the same thing was true of Rahab. Rahab put a scarlet twine where it could be seen where it could be seen. This was faith in action. Faith will always have action. So what James said, he says, you show me your faith by what you say, and I'll show you my faith by what I do, because faith always has action. Obedience is a response to faith. Um, that's why it has action. And, and, and Rahab uh, certainly exhibited that. She ministered to her family immediately. As soon as she uh, was ministered to and received faith, the first thing she did was minister to her family. And she told them of the grace that was extended to her and the promise of deliverance. That's the same ministry that we have in the gospel. And all of her family that believed uh, her report, they, they went into her house and they were delivered from destruction. Everyone outside the protection of that scarlet line was utterly destroyed, both young and old, man and beast, right? That was the demarcation, demarcation of salvation was that red line, which side they fell upon. And the same thing is true today. If you're unsaved, then you're on the wrong side of the red line. You need to be on the other side, the side with the Lord Jesus and those whom he's delivered. That red line is a picture of the saving grace, the blood of Christ. Uh, he said that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. His blood has achieved that, the remission of sins. Not just the remission, but to completely do away with sin altogether. And uh, his resurrection um, by the Father was proof that the Father accepted that sacrifice. And now Jesus has that salvation to give. That is the gospel message. The walls fell. Rahab was delivered. Faith is what gives us the power to stand having done all. Uh, having done everything that God has instructed us, faith gives us the power to stand. Faith is what gives our armor, the whole armor of God. It gives us its power and its effectiveness. That's why we're able to stand. That's why we're able to witness and testify uh, just by our lives and the way we live it. Faith is what surrounds us and makes us complete in Christ. Faith 
was seen in the walls falling. You can see the faith in the obedience of Rahab and her response to the ministry and the testimony of the spies. In Deuteronomy 33, 27, we get this encouragement. This encouragement that went out to the nation Israel before they crossed the Jordan and the encouragement that I think is still true for us today. Uh, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say destroy. That's the, that's the testimony and the promise of God that his everlasting arms are going to always encompass us, encompass his people and protect us. And he's always going to thrust out the enemy. That has been the purpose and plan of God from the beginning. And one day there will be no enemy. The enemy will be completely done away with. And we won't have any um, trials or turmoil to upset us. But how we live our lives in faith now in the circumstances that we're in, that is how we glorify God. So it's important for us to just stand to be at peace, to enjoy that peace that's in him that surpasses all understanding. No matter how strange your circumstances, no matter how imposing the obstacles, the Lord Jesus will lead his people in faith to certain victory. And woe to anyone that is a curse to his beloved ones. Woe to them. Even the high priest, uh, the high priestly ministry of the Lord Jesus on our behalf and the believer priest ministry that he's given us, uh, we are precious in his sight. And woe to anyone who would trouble those who are precious to the Lord Jesus. Just keep looking to him, keep looking to the Lord Jesus and rejoice because the walls will eventually fall and the victory has already been promised. Go ahead and start praising him now. Praise him while you're in the trial because you know the deliverance is coming and it'll cause you to rejoice. In faith, praise him for what is already yours, right? He's already given to you. Just like he went to Joshua and he told him, I've already given you the city even before it happened. We have that same promise. That's the God that we serve. So rejoice in him, keep your eyes on him, and let us uh, learn from these uh, detailed accounts of how that God interacted with his people. He's the same God. We have the same Lord Jesus that is in our lives today. Let's close. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how that you have instructed us and you continue to instruct us. I pray, Father, that you would please uh, make these things to be a part of our lives, to these truths so that we could walk in a way that glorifies you, that we are able to confidently um, minister on behalf of your word and that we minister your gospel and that people are able to see you in our lives and that it would glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.